0: Welcome to devotional an audio resource for daily living my name is ariel and i am your host for devotional and this is episode four been walking with my little girl and I decided to take a pause and as expected she woke up and she's looking at me as I am recording this episode. So I'm not going to stop. Let's see what happens. So I wanted to uh, expand just one last time from our last episode in regards to what it means that God loves us with an everlasting love and how that affects our faith in Him. In Jeremiah 31 3, uh, yeah, you want to record too? Awesome. In Jeremiah 31 3, we read God saying to us, For I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness I have loved you. Um, and I said that while looking at my little girl. And I try to imagine, uh, I mean that to her. I do love her with all my heart, and I will always love her. And I can imagine God looking at us saying Dad, those same Dad. words, yeah, Daddy loves you, Daddy will always love you, and that is what the essence of Jeremiah 31, 3 says, but that's not all that God says, I believe God <laughs> there mentions the experience that we and I are talking about, the experience of uh, transition, I told you that from Genesis 3 uh, onward, humanity has um, had a predisposition to distrust God, to think He wants to harm us, to think that He wants to do us injury. And so God's challenge has been to transition us from believing that way about Him to believing in Him for who He really is. And He has done that most fully through the revelation we get of God through Jesus Christ, His Son. But Jeremiah 31.3 doesn't simply mention that that He loves us with an everlasting love. It It finishes with, Therefore, I have drawn you with cords of kindness." What does that mean? Well, it means that though God loves us with an everlasting love, we're not drawn to Him. He has to draw us. Even though He means us good, we run away from Him. Even though He wants to bless us, we chase after curses. And God, with pity and compassion, does not mind pursuing us throughout our lives. Some of us yield, and some of us keep running. Some of us may still be running. But as far as you can run, I can tell you, you will not be able to outrun God. He, is a, he compares himself, when, when Jesus spoke of himself and tried to give us a point of reference, he called himself the good shepherd that will go after one sheep that has gone astray. One is valuable. He doesn't say, well, I have 99% of my herd. One matters. You matter. And for God, you matter enough to say, I have loved you with an everlasting love, but I know that that will not be sufficient. It is not sufficient that I love you. You have a condition in which everything you see in your life you interpret as me punishing you. When bad things happen to us, our automatic response is, well, it's because I've done something bad. It's catching up to me. It's the karma. Well, karma has nothing to do with the gospel. It has it is incompatible with grace um, and what God does is reveal to us the days that we begin to wake up with a desire for something better than we have an inexpressible longing for something that is lacking in our lives and we can't quite put our finger on it we may be having a handsome person next to us a pretty person next to us and all of a sudden that is just not satisfying like we thought it would be and achieving the professional position, you begin to realize that the people at the top are just as miserable at the top, at the the bottom, and all they can do is just have more money to mask it, but that's it. The CEOs can go to islands and uh, do all these other things to forget, but at the end of the day, they're no happier than... They're no happier than you and I. So, when God looks at humanity, He he acts. This cord of kindness is what draws us to Him. As we begin to see that we are inclined to be rebellious, that we are inclined to do things that uh, cause us to separate from Him, we begin to look back at our lives, and God opens our eyes. The things that we used to be angry about at God He begins to see and show us purpose there's a reason why um, those things happen and it wasn't to harm you it was to protect you sometimes our greatest what we consider to be our greatest failures in our past may have become god's greatest demonstration of seeking to love us and save us from ourselves but that happens in a journey god doesn't say i have loved you with an everlasting love Therefore, I'm yanking you towards me with cords of steel. He says, because I love you with an everlasting love, I draw you with cords of kindness. Which means, which implies patience. Which implies years of misunderstanding him. Years of wondering. I don't even know if I can trust this God. I don't even know what his plans are for me. I want to continue and conclude this last thought hopefully it's the last thought, maybe there'll be something else that uh, (laughs) comes to my mind, but hopefully it's the last thought so we can get into the next um, path to happiness. Um, When we come back, we're going to conclude these thoughts. There's a verse in the Bible that is very special to me. Special because a very special person used to read it and share it with me. And for many years, it really didn't mean much to me. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, not to do you harm, but to give you a future and a hope. Uh, my good friend, Robert Smith, and a loving, uh, people that knew him affectionately, would call him Bubba, uh, who was my youth leader, he would pray that, he would uh, inter- interweave that, that verse into his prayers for me, saying, Lord, you know, I know you have plans for Ariel. And this is during a time in my life where I, I was at some of my lowest points in regards to purpose. I was just living for the moment. My paycheck would evaporate. Because I was like, future? What future? It's right now. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to have a future. Well, uh, Bob kept presenting that verse to me. and It became one of those anchor points for me now as I look back. That God has plans. And His plans are for our good. Not to harm us, but to give us a future and a hope. And I want you to think about that today. As you may think, your life is just one round of meaningless, repetitive monotony. God has plans for you. Plans that extend beyond your job, beyond your social status. There's a higher calling for your life. And God wants you to know it. God wants you to know and discover what that plan is for your life. And you will discover that as you discover Him. So chords of kindness. That makes me think of another verse of the Bible in Romans chapter 2. In Romans chapter 2, Paul tells us that the kindness of God leads us to repentance. The kindness of God leads us to repentance. And so now we're going to spend a little bit of time with that word repentance. Many of us may have heard, if we've gone to a Christian church, may have heard at least one sermon on repentance. And uh, some, of, some of those sermons may have scared the heebie-jeebies out of us. Some of those sermons may have made us angry. And yet some of those sermons may have pierced us. And we have not understood why. Uh, why do we feel that way? What is repentance? Is repentance God asking us to grovel in the ground, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What is repentance? Like I said, when it came to faith, repentance... Is also part of a package called grace, which means that repentance also is a gift from God. Can you believe that? All the good things that we need, God has made provision through His grace. Now, we already discovered that grace is everything that God has done for us, summarized in the death of Christ at the cross. It is because of that event, because of that sacrifice, that all of these. Essential, vital gifts for our spiritual life are being made available to us, and repentance is one of them. The Bible is clear; you can read about this in uh, the bu- this book called Acts, is in the New Testament, chapter five, how God gives repentance. He gave repentance to Israel; He gives repentance to you and I. And well, in again, I've been talking to you guys about the Greek Dictionary of the New Testament. I also have a. Old Testament Dictionary of Hebrew because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and some parts in Aramaic. The word repentance in Hebrew is very simple to understand. Repentance in Hebrew is actually just shuv. That's how you say it. What it means to turn around. That's it. Repentance means to change the direction you're going in. And it was a a visual representation, not of, you know, you changing your physical path, but your inward path, the direction in which your life was going. Now, if you put that together with Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 3, where God says that He has loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with cords of kindness, He is drawing you. That means that there's tension, And a change I am going in a direction opposite of God and God through cords of kindness is seeking to change to cause me to turn in the way that I am going so God doesn't lead us to repentance with a big bat God doesn't lead us to repentance with threats of punishment he doesn't lead us to repentance or seeking to have us accept his salvation by painting gruesome grimly grimly pictures of hell We'll talk about that in some other episodes as well. What God seeks to use, to lead us to repent, to change in the direction in which we're going, is His kindness, His patience, His compassion. Those are the things God wants to use to reveal to us and produce in us repentance. How can we define repentance? If we were to look, use a spiritual magnifying glass, what does that experience look like in life? Well, different people may experience it in different ways, but the, the essence of it is the same. Repentance, at the, at the core, at how it causes us to change direction, it has to do with coming to an intentional spiritual revelation seeing God as if for the first time for who He really is. And that happens when you spend time thinking about what God has done for you through His Son Jesus at the cross. That is the reference point, the highest revelation of God's kindness towards us. We were throwing our fists at His face. We were pulling at the beard, ripping and causing pain and anguish. We were spitting in His face. We were mocking Him, deriding Him. Isaiah 53 tells us that we didn't see anything attractive, anything that we would desire. God had nothing we wanted. When God manifested Himself in the flesh, we manifested hatred towards Him. Our deep distrust, our deep uh, rejection of Him, Uh, Through our misunderstanding of who uh, who He is, led us to treat Him as our worst enemy. And yet, how did God respond to that treatment? How did God respond towards us? He would pray, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. God is telling us that when we were hurting Him, He was thinking about our eternal destiny he was not condemning us while we were seeking to take his life that is the kindness that god seeks to reveal to you and i and it is when that kindness begins to be driven home and we'll speak a little bit more about the the person of the godhead that does this his name is the holy spirit that's how the bible uh, describes uh, this uh, uh, person of the godhead when the Holy Spirit begins to bring these truths home, when our spiritual eyes begin to open up and we begin to see the truth and the beauty of God as revealed through His Son at the cross, we begin to recognize we are being drawn. I'm being attracted to. Jesus in John chapter 3 said that if He was lifted up, He would draw all men, all humanity to Himself. There's something beautiful and attractive about the love of God, the self sacrificing, humble love of God. Jeremiah 31 3, we read in the last episode, episode 3.5, that it is with cords of kindness that God seeks to draw us so that we could take a glimpse. If we could just give God a chance to explain and reveal Himself, this everlasting love to us, if we would just get a glimpse it will begin to affect our feet. The direction of our lives will be affected by a revelation of God's everlasting love for you. So this, these chords of kindness, I hope that you recognize them today in your life. I hope you recognize God's hand seeking to draw you closer to Him so that you may behold and experience this everlasting love more fully in your life. That is my prayer. Have a blessed day.